Yeah, go on. Bonjour. Yo, yo, yo. What were you about to say? What was the show? No, I saw some... Uh, what's that show? It's not GMTV. What's the other one with... Um, what's that woman's Holly, name? Holly Willoughby and um, Philip. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, there was some, and there was some girl on there talking about how she's addicted to plastic surgery, and she recently got some, you know, these Brazilian butt lifting um, uh, butt implants, and she's not happy with it because it's causing her tremendous pain and all of this kind of stuff, and it was just giving me jokes with. <laughs> Where she, where she was trying to dis, uh, describe um, the pain and the shape and, you know, how she's unhappy with it and all that kind of stuff. And she was she made one comment that just, I was just busting up. She said, look, when I when I do this, and you have to actually see the video to see what I'm talking about. She kind of crouches, crouches, bends over as if she's about to twerk or something like that. She says, oh, look, look at my butt. It looks pointy. This is not how I expected it. it just, I just feel like I want to take it off. Do you know what? I, I, know who had a, I know someone who had a butt lift, but her butt didn't. Really? Yeah, I do. I do. Like, she paid. Did, most did, they, did, she, did she expose herself or did you just... No, no, no. Uh, no, she told me. Um, someone that I know, she told me she had a butt lift, but her butt don't lift. I don't understand. Like, it's still... <laughs> like, I'm, I swear to God, I'm, I, I was more confused because there's times I've had to say, like, hey, bruv, what? I swear you paid money for this because your bum is still part of your leg. Like there's no, <laughs> there's no move. So I get confused sometimes. People are going to spend money. You're going to look in the mirror and, hey, there's nothing there. And, hey, people spend crazy amount of, I think this this woman spent like 300,000, um, not just for the butt lift, but in, in terms of the whole plastic surgery experience that she's had. Wait, she's wait, had wait, things I've, like, got one. I've got one. There's a brother. Who paid? I think hundred thousand or two hundred thousand yeah. pounds. He's a dude, and he wanted to look like Kim K. But when he came back out, bro, I swear he looked like Chewbacca. Like, <laughs> <laughs> bro, he was on the Daily Mail. He had his lips parted. He had his hair done. And I'm saying, but if Kim K saw you right now, she wouldn't say, "Bro, we look the same." She'll be like, "What happened to your lips?" But okay, let me ask you this. What- I mean, people, you know, can do whatever they want with their bodies. You know, everyone should have their right to no, do whatever they want. No, no, you know better than me. Wait, 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 wait. You don't own your body. The government owns your body. But anyway, that's another subject. Yeah, I mean, we can get deeper into that. But, I mean, do you think it's a mental issue? Because sometimes I look at these people and I think they must clearly have a different view of what looks good or what actually is acceptable and i mean I'm, I'm not saying that you know people have to look a certain way and this but sometimes it looks like completely wrong and it feels wrong from what they say you know there's a lot of pain it I stops just say from what you say, man you've obviously grabbed one or two boobs that felt like like concrete before man yeah i don't like that stuff yeah i don't, I'm on, I don't like it I don't, i'm all for the natural Move and work hard if you want that kind of body. Work for it. Listen, you know, it's not going to no, no matter what gym, no matter what gym you go to, bro. You can't get yourself a pair of nice tits. No, 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 no. 
No, that's not what I'm saying. Because a lot of it has to do with genetics. Like you're trying to br- break down the the genetic makeup of yourself. Like it can't happen, bro. Like what you want to do? Turn yourself into an X Man? Well, I don't understand. <laughs> this is not Avengers. What is this? <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Like, I, I think. You know, you know I mean, like, work. I mean, work. Work for it a little bit. It's not going to be exactly how you envisage it to be, and. I don't know. I'm a bit on the fence with plastic surgery. Personally, if I was um, going down that road, I would only do it if it was life threatening. and I, I had to do it for um, you know a medical reason, right. you know, whatever it could be. But cosmetically, I don't know. Listen, I think a lot of the time, from from what I see, a lot of the people they look worse than they did before no, I don't think they look mm. no of course they don't look worse i think a lot of people look better however no. yes no, a lot no. of people look better Listen, no, there was something i like there was something i saw some time ago on um dragon's den now i actually considered getting it bearing in mind i'm starting to get a belly i don't know where it's coming from it's all that chicken and chips that i'm eating i don't know what it is but this guy went on dragon's den barefaced walked in there confidently and they were like Hi, Mr. Smith, or whatever his name is. Tell us about your product. It's him. Well, and he brought a model to come, and this model had a bit of a belly as well. Then he, <laughs> then he put um, like a piece of paper over the model's stomach, spray painted it, yeah. and then removed yeah. the piece of paper. And the model then had a six pack on his belly. Now, bro, Shut I swear, up. I I, it's on Dragon's Den. If I can find the clip, I'll actually post it. My man spray painted six packs on someone's stomach and said <laughs> he had revolutionized the, the fitness. And, and I swear down, bro. Like, so like, I swear Duncan Bannertine finished him, bro. Oh my god! Arguing, they were like, "So wait, is this serious?" He said, "No, no, no." Do you know, do you know what? He might, he must have been trolling them. He wasn't trolling them. Firstly, this it's BBC man. They want real content. They want people to watch it. Listen to what you're saying. That cannot be ser- a serious business proposition. But he didn't even bring himself. And I think they they said to him, "So why haven't you used it on yourself?" And he laughed. Why did you bring a model? Now you spray painting them. You know what? You know what graffiti artists use. So you've already got your design already, and then you spray- yeah, like a, yeah, like a stencil. Sort That's of exactly. Bro, he brought a stencil, put it on the brother's belly, and then he drew six packs on the brother's stomach, and bareface looked at them and asked them for I don't know a hundred thousand pounds to create more stencils from China. Banging. That's the move. Wow. That's that is the move. And on that note, <laughs> I think we're gonna have to. Begin the show. Good, good, good. Uh, Bro, listen. What do you, welcome. What do you reckon about? Um, hold on, hold on, hold on. I was doing the intro and you interrupted me. I don't know. What are you doing? Oh, your intros are dry, though. No one listens to an intro. No, they have to listen. To, no, do you know what it is? It's, it's it's to keep some sort of structure. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Rhythm, rhythm. One of the laws of the universe. I'll explain it to you another day. Go on. Do your intro again. Da, 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 da. Give up. Welcome. I give up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I give up. Wait, let me let me finish it. When did we finish it? Right, okay. Da, 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 da. Welcome. No Moves Podcast with me, Roman, and my psychic. That was your cue. Duh, come on. 
So wait, I reckon you've been practicing this for years and I will never in this lifetime be your sidekick. I actually, I actually think it's the other way around. I think you know it's the other what? way around. Hold on. So we're trying to say like in Batman and Robin, you're Batman. Never in your life. 155%, although I don't watch that kind of crap anyway. But if this was a real thing and we was, I don't know if I was going to say if I was Jesus, but I'm not Jesus and you'll be my disciple. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Let's move yeah, Definitely drinking some of that gin and juice in church. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I'm not serious. Cool. Do you know what? I wanted to talk, I wanted to ask you your opinion on this actually, because I know we, we talk about this kind of crap all the time, but do you reckon that there's a chance that we might be going to war with all this Putin um, stuff when they, you know, if for anyone that doesn't know, I'm, I don't know where you've been, Russia is allegedly, and you have to say allegedly, because I don't want them Russian man them coming for me, knocking on my door <laughs> and saying, hey, yo, listen, we're coming in the house. listen to this right now, picking up keywords. Hey, that's what I'm saying. So Russia, I said, allegedly poisoned one of their own brothers and the person's daughter um, in Salisbury, somewhere in the United Kingdom. UK are taking a very tough stance on it because they believe um, nobody should be able to use um, chemical warfare or weapons of whatever on their land. So they've banished 23 Russian diplomats out of UK. Russia came and picked them up on a, on a private jet the other day. Now, Russia was saying, Russia now came back with throwing out, I think, 23 of our own people in Russia. But they've now flipped it on the head and said they believe UK did it themselves in order to cause a beef with Russia. Now, obviously, I'm not a politician and I'm not a news correspondent, but that's my way or my version of explaining the news in 20 seconds. What do you think? Are we going to war or not? First of all, I think there are quite a number of different wars already happening in the world, but they're in different forms. It's not like how it used to be back in the day where you got on horseback and said, look, <laughs> yeah, this is the move. Let's go. Have you seen 300? It's not that kind of war. I think, you know, there's a lot of cyber warfare going on right now um, between many different countries. But we, we, you know, we got exposed to it a little bit, thanks to good old Ed over there. man like Snowden exposed the move. Um, and, I mean, with regards to the whole Russia thing, it's borderline very, very dangerous at the moment. And if we were to go to war, I don't think it would be the whole bombing and shelling of different cities and all that kind of stuff. I think it would be um, what they usually do, sanctions, um, economic warfare. That's what I think, um, which is probably even worse because that directly affects not just the countries involved, but... Um, other countries because we're also connected economically. Do you understand what I mean? Bruh, I get that. I'm saying, do you reckon man is going to shell down with a napalm on London City? No, or... come on, look, no. Because, no. do you know what it is? No, do, do you know why? Because... Yeah, Putin is. Yeah, but, okay. We, a lot of countries, a lot of these big superpowers have, you know, a lot of firepower I'm talking about nuclear weapons and stuff like that I don't think anyone in their right mind wants to be the first person to let that thing go hey do you know what can I say no no because, because it's not a joke like do, 
nuclear warfare is hype. Yes. It literally will destroy the planet. Listen, 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 listen. First and foremost, let me tell you how it's going to go because I had a vision and this is exactly what's going to happen. Now, thank God I'm a Christian. And if anything happens, I'm going straight to heaven. I don't know about you. But anyway, let me carry on. So my point is this. <laughs> my point is this. UK, if we carry on beefing Russia and saying, hey, Russia, you know what? You're not a bad man. You get out of our country, so and so. We're going to now go and beg America to back us up. Now, Russia is going to say, all right, so UK and America, you may want to come against me. I'm going to go collect my brethren, N NK. You see, man from NK, yeah? You see that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared to say his name, bro. You see, man from North Korea, yeah? North Korea and, and Russia, two nutters coming together. But imagine them. You see how you and I are sitting here talking? Them and us. The original Kim K. Bruv, are Russia and NK sitting there saying, you know what, bruv? Come, we do this thing. And you know why it's interesting? And you're saying no one wants nuclear warfare. Them men have got mad bunkers. Them thing can't touch them. They're ready. Listen, first of all, no, have, have, have you ever watched those millionaire and billionaire shows on YouTube, on TV, where they've got mad bunkers? Like, they've actually built, they know, they... Listen, you, you believe in secret societies. When no, 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 no. get an invite into a different world and they say, listen, if there's a war, we need you to survive so that we can replenish this world again. Oh, of course. No, I know. I know. Do you know what? I understand. I know there are um, doomsday protocols where, mm -hmm. look, I'll be honest, if nuclear war did break out, there is a, there is some sort of structure where... Into that then. Because, okay, sorry, again, let's imagine. So I know you don't believe in the Bible, but I believe in Noah and the flood. And, um, <laughs> I'm just going to say, it. but technically that was doomsday then because the world was destroyed. Now, Noah took bare animals onto the boat. They were selected and said, listen, this type of animal, this kind of lion, this kind of chicken, I'm going to take you onto the boat. So let's say doomsday's coming. I know you're laughing, but let's say doomsday's coming, part two, who gets an invite into, into the bunkers? Presidents, Whoa. prime ministers, one or two prostitutes. What, 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 who, who, who do you think <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Who gets the invite into that into that into that bunker? Well, okay, first of all, I mean if you're talking on a serious note, um governments, officials, like people in power, um banks, you know, people who own banks, um large corporations, people who can actually who who influence the influence the world um on a big scale, who sell drugs to us in its legal form, all of, all of that kind of shit. Um, those are the people who have first class ticket. Then you will have um all of the you know people who give the world the infrastructure, all these kind of like the brains of the world, they will definitely be needed because uh, suffice to say, the world would need to be rebuilt. So they will need a few couple of two two um designers and engineers, i.e. me. Um don't know about you. Uh, carry on, carry on. What? what? Hey, listen, I'm an educator, bro. I'm an educator on a church thing, bro. They need someone to pray for them. Do you know what's so interesting? People say they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe in God. But when that nuclear thing is saying, I'm free for Everyone is saying, oh my God, where are you? Hey, they say, Jesus. And then they say, hey, listen, DJ, come <laughs> pray for us. And I'm going to say, let me on that ship. Let me on that ship. And I'm going to pray for you all. But listen, do you know what? But okay, let me ask you this then. So let's say it wasn't even a nuclear thing. It was just one or two little bombs that was coming. And yeah. remember back in the, many years ago, conscription. So if you were over the age of 18, you had two legs and two arms, they would force a man to go and fight. 
Let's say they knocked on your door right now and they said, you? I'm all right. <laughs> what would you do? No, I am. Fight. On the day where I hear that doorbell, <laughs> I relinquish my British passport and say hello to my Ghanaian passport. I said, I'm all right, bro. Hey, Ghana in, uh, claimed independence of, uh, you, you know, over 60 years ago. So I'll be all right. You say, listen, I'm no longer British. Deport me nah, right now. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I have to go. No, that's... No, look. No, no, no. no honest, honest, like, I do understand for if that was to happen. Yeah. <sighs> do you know what? I don't even know. I de- there is no war. What? I'm now putting on boots. Like, what? I'm... <laughs> 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 Ground troops, infiltrate. Nah, it's not happening. I'm sorry. But life must have been real. 1919, 1935, First World War, Second World War. That's life crazy. Must have been mental, bro. What? Imagine this. Well, you're sleeping in your bed, having a dream. That listen, in my dream. Let's imagine 1919 or whenever it happened. I'm there sleeping in bed, thinking, "Hey, that girl that I fancy." In my dream, I'm lips in her, bro. I'm saying, "Hey," <laughs> and then all you hear is doom, 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 and you're hearing bombs get dropped, bro. I don't know what... No, it's crazy. I'll poo myself. Do you know what? The other day, I was um, in Helsinki, right? And they um, they were doing some uh, road works. I don't even know what they're doing. Maybe some pipe pipe work underneath the road or anything like that. So they had to do a controlled explosion um, for some some reason. Maybe blow up the ground or whatever. Hey, they started sounding this alarm. I don't know if you've ever heard a controlled explosion, but... When you're up close in person, that stuff is scary. And this they're just blowing up some, you know, 10 square meter of space. That stuff shook the whole ground. That's not now imagine it's a bomb. This that stuff that happens in these places like Iraq and you know Syria and all that kind of stuff, and people complaining about fucking butt implants. Hey, they're living a real life. No, it's deep. Like it's not it's not a fucking joke, man. People are complaining about stupidness. People actually living real warfare. It's nuts. Do you know what? I've um I've experienced something similar actually. So this was when I was living in Watford many years ago. There was a an industrial estate that blew up. What do you mean blew up? Like literally, I think maybe I think it was arson. Someone had gone in there, torched the place, but it was like um it was a chemical place and it literally blew up and I was about 10 miles away from the place and I felt the building shake. Like, no, it's crazy. When like you you don't realize how how powerful, you know, things like explosions and, you know, that kind of stuff is until you actually experience whether it's on a small scale or larger scale or whatever. It's some scary stuff. That that stuff will, you probably die of heart palpitations if a fucking nuclear war, you know, started before that, you know, you, you even you even feel anything. So what's the solution then? Because I, I, I do believe that war is not right. Sometimes it's necessary. But what's the solution then? How, how do we solve world issues? Sanctions are not enough. San- Listen, these politicians that are making decisions, they're making it based on their own merit. They pretend they consult with other people. They're making it based on ego. So yeah, of course. And they're protected. Their families are protected. Their immediate families are protected. So you can make a decision to go to war because you will arise again, North Korea, and carry on being the leader of your nation again after everyone's dead. So how do we 
what, okay, what would you suggest if, if you were, how would you handle the situation if you were Theresa May dealing with this um, Putin thing? Putin thing, you know. Do you know what? That, that is such a complex question that I don't even know the answer to because on one hand, I do understand, you know, from the people's point of view, like we can all sit up here and bash the government and, you know, people in power and all that kind of stuff <clears throat> because it's easy to do so. However, from the other side, hey, things like running the country, being in that kind of um, position of power, that's a hard job, you know. Yeah. It's not easy. It really is not. Like it's crazy. Like it, it's nuts. And go on. sometimes, go on. What? No, go, go. Uh, I was, I was just going to say because it's, so, it's such a complex situation, you can't just say you. Just, I mean, we all do it where we sit at home, you know, in our lovely, comfortable sofa and bash people like Trump and say, oh, he's an idiot. Why does he do this? Or, you know, this um, Kim does this or even past, you know, dictators like Gaddafi and all these kind of people, they, you know, they do this, they do that. But try being in their shoes. You know, when you, when you have a, um, a whole load of people, i.e. a country, that you have to basically... Um, do right for and you're not always going to get it right like how do you even maneuver in that kind of field it's crazy so to answer your question i can't answer your question because i don't know what i'll do i first of all i would need a lot more resources than i do now that i have now to be able to make a um informed decision and intelligent uh, moves forward but i would always i would always um stick to uh, principles and you know obviously try and keep the people first and all that kind of stuff but so you're, sounding uh, like, you're, you're sounding like Corbyn there, bro. Keep the people first. Like, I don't know. I'm listen. I'm not conservative because because without the people, there is no power. Oh, that sounded deep until I broke it down, and I said that doesn't even make sense. Without the people, there is no power. If you're running a dictatorship or a authoritarian, whatever you call it, hey, I have all the power. Yeah. I have all the power. I can hold the entire move. If my people say no, it still means yes to me. I do whatever I want to do. And Yeah, but if you don't know people, where's the power? Hey, the power's by myself, you know. Okay, I'll give you an example, right? Facebook. Facebook is pretty much like a country now. You you, you, you know, you, you can Good. you can say that, right? Facebook, yeah, 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 yeah. Fa- Facebook is is a is a country by itself. Yes. And it's built on people power. Without the people, Facebook has no power. Well, do you know what? Right. Yeah, usually I would argue, and I think, yeah, I agree with you completely. So, based on that assumption, what Facebook has to do is basically claim responsibility for all of the actions that they make in every single thing. You've heard what's going on with Facebook at the moment, right? Do you want to explain it? What's happened with Facebook? Okay, what well, you mean, Cambridge Analytica? Yes. Yeah? You can't say these people's uh, names. You can't say their what do you names. Mean? Why not, bro? Anyway, it's fine. They know where you are, bro. You know what? We like everyone knows that Facebook and all these kind of stupid apps and uh, organizations, Google, all of the big boys, they all listen. They all tap into our everyday lives if they want to. But, I mean, it's not hard. That's true. 
I mean, we just have to get over it. I think people just need to be careful with um, what they say and do. Um, if you if you're obviously doing something that you're not supposed to, that's when you should really worry. Are you doing stuff that you're not supposed to? Go on. You mean? No, I'm all right. I'm all right around here, bro. You don't have any issues, mate. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, with the whole Facebook, um, so Mark finally spoke on it. Um, funnily enough, he didn't even apologize. That's what um, a lot of the media is um, bashing him for, saying that, yeah, you came out, made a statement, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But you didn't take responsibility and you didn't even apologize for <clears throat> what happened. So just to give you a very quick, brief breakdown, um, I think back in around, uh, I don't know, if, I can't remember, I think it's 2007 or something like that. Anyway, um, it was in the early stages of Facebook um, where there was some sort of, there was a doctor from Cambridge um, who was conducting, who created an app um, to conduct surveys on uh, Facebook users um, where they would obviously answer a series of questions um, to obviously find out personal information about what they think about certain topics, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. But what people that were using and opted in to use this app didn't know was um, that this app went on further to um, access the user's friend's data, you know, things, personal information, um, which they didn't give authorization for. That's where the problem lay. The fact that, this app was able to go further and access people's information without their consent is what the whole issue is about. Now, what they're going on further to say is that they then use that information for their own benefit. Again, using the people power, using how people think, how, you know, what people are interested in, you know, people's views about political issues, all that kind of stuff, blah, 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 to then use that sort of data to, um, drive their own um, personal gains, whether it was for business or um, some sort of uh, political issues, which they did and they've been found out. And what people are, are complaining about is how, how could Facebook allow this to happen? Now, Facebook are responding and saying that um, when they found out about these kind of developers creating these sort of apps and stuff, they started to change um, things about the service to stop them from doing this kind of stuff, like removing certain developers and you know making it more strict for um, apps um, to be used in this kind of way, blah 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 blah. So that's basically um, what the whole Cambridge Analytica stuff is about, because they had access to um, over I think like fifty million users and friends yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and they used the information in the wrong way. Now I think you mentioned um, just before we started the whistleblower of this whole move yeah, yeah. was um, one of the founders of, of where? Of, uh, of, of where? Cambridge Analytica. Yeah, or so I mean... Or something, something preview to all that information. Yeah, I mean, what, what I find interesting about this whole thing is that this kind of... Um, it gives, it gives an example of how, for example, the whole Trump um, accusation that, you know, Russia helped influence the whole presidential elections and all that kind of stuff could actually be, there could be some sort of truth in that. Because data is the new currency. You know, people are, are realizing over the last 10 years or so that you really have 
the most amount of power in the business environment if you have data. That's why I mean, you like some some of the most successful um, companies in the world, for example, like Amazon. You know, Amazon. Um, I think something stupid like 70-80% of their revenue you would think comes from stuff that they sell online, right? Well, I know better. So it doesn't. 70-80% of their revenue actually comes from their cloud computing service that they offer to even big boys like Microsoft. Imagine that. Amazon offering cloud computing services to the biggest software company in the world. That's nuts. I know. It's crazy. So, you know, when when you have data, you have power. And that's what I think, um, you know, the direction of this whole warfare that you're talking about is going in. We're going into cyber warfare. The countries that have the biggest um, amount of influence are the ones who really have the kind of power, i.e. America. I mean, think about it. That's interesting. Well, that's very interesting. Do you know what... I, I read that he did apologize, firstly. I read that Mark did apologize. He, did. he, never, he, he never said sorry. No, he did. He did. He did. He did. He did. He, did. he said, um... He, he, said. He, he said... He said... He said... statements. Okay, no. What he said was, I understand there was a, a breach, and we are sorry. He said there was a major breach of trust, and I'm really sorry that, that happened. Okay, cool. Do you know what? Maybe off offline you may show me that but i did not read that the only person that actually went close to see even saying sorry was uh sandberg she she tweeted something you know a whole fucking essay um and i think in that um she actually apologized so can i ask you a question okay do you know what interesting i have facebook shares i bought facebook shares many years ago they're doing incredibly well for me this is the first time since i bought those shares that i've seen a major dip in the value of my shares. And we also heard that Mark Zuckerberg suffered or lost six billion, six billion pound from six billion dollars in terms of his net worth and Facebook lost over 40 billion in terms of their market capitalization. Now, what do I do about that? Because I want my thousands that I've lost back. I want it back. Do I knock on Mark's door and say, hey, yo, listen, this had nothing to do with me. You've affected the value of of my investment. I want my money back because there's a problem when a company becomes a publicly traded company and we're relying on CEOs, their their teams around them, CTOs and all those kind of people to drive our investment up. But sometimes they make stupid mistakes. Are you able to, obviously I'm not going to sue Mark Zuckerberg, but I'm just trying to understand, are you able to then sue these people? Are you able to sue them for negligence? Are you able to claim some form of compensation? Because without them dropping the ball, which they did, and they haven't rightfully admitted it, as you're saying, but we know they've dropped the ball and they've made a mistake. It's now affecting me. So imagine if the value of Facebook dropped down to zero. So I lose my investment. They're going to say, well, every investment has the has the uh, propensity to go up or go down. But it went down because you did something wrong. You were negligent or you it was malpractice or, or, or whatever the case is. What can people do with regards to, I well, don't know. You, you see, I mean, what what I believe in is there's only there's only so much that you can hold someone accountable for. At some point along that line, you have to take responsibility for um, the outcome of stuff as well because everything is cause and effect. Do you understand what I mean? 
so you can't blame uh, Facebook completely for the for the whole move because there are other factors that influence it that they didn't even know about until it came out into the woodworks. But that is the element of risk that you undertake when you go into this kind of stuff. So you have to then, you know, take responsibility and maneuver how you can moving forward. Maybe um, think about how you structurally set up your 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 finances in that kind of you know investment world or whatever, because they get to a point where you can only blame them so much. Then what do you do? Go on. No, you're right. Like, of course, I, I take full responsibility for any investment I make. Um, and also, at the same time, I guess that's why there are prospectus. That's why there is information. I mean, can you, can, can, can you 100% say that you were, you, know, you, were, you were listening to real-time information of the events that are constantly happening all the time that could affect you know, your, your, your shares and your position in the market and all that kind of No, I'm pretty sure you wasn't because you've got other stuff that you need to do. But Well, no, well, my, my strategy is a long-term play. So, yes, it's going to go. Enough, yeah. So I don't keep an eye on it to, for, um, for every second because that's just long. Otherwise, I would be day trading, but no. But you know what? Leading on from that, actually, it's interesting we, we, we actually landed on that topic. You and I were discussing some, something some time ago, and I would love to get your opinion on this. So we were talking about taking responsibility for, like you just mentioned, like I have to take responsibility for the investment I make. I have to take responsibility for my life. And we led on to talking about motivation. And you mentioned something some time ago that motivation is fickle. I agree with you, but I would love for you to kind of explain it in as much detail as you know you mentioned last time. Uh, well, I mean, this topic is is so deep that you can talk about it forever. I know. So we we we'll, we'll try and condense it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, what I was trying to explain is that <clears throat> you know when you're a little bit younger. Um, you get introduced into this word motivation. Now, I mean, what does it actually mean? Do you do you know the definition? Um, no, I actually don't know the definition. I can get the um, definition for you. What What is your definition? First of all, like, what do you think it is? It's an inspiration. That, that's so how I, I see motivation as some sort of inspiration. Okay. Um, I mean, if you actually look at the the dictionary definition it talks about something along the lines of um you know reason or reasons for something behaving in a particular way okay right okay now what a lot of these you know motivational speakers or people you look up to um you know people who inspire you and all that kind of stuff um they they do talk about motivation a lot there's one thing that they always miss out there's the disclaimer at the bottom of their rhetoric is that it's temporary. Mm. It's temporary. And it, it solely depends on the type of person you are, how you are built as a human being and the experiences that you go through will determine how temporary the motivation that you come into plays out. Yeah. It's as simple as that. So for, I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. Um, someone who has um, indulged themselves, um, you know, in um, positive thinking, um, positive action uh, for X amount of years compared to someone who um, 
used to be very you know, anxious about things, worried about life, you know, being through you know difficult circumstances. Their level of motivation will be two completely different things. Mm-hmm. It suffice to say that the one who's been anxious, um, you know, for the majority of their life, etc., will have short-term motivation compared to the other one who will have you know considerably longer-term motivation. But at some point, there will be the crash. And the crash I'm talking about is when you realize that you need to do something or you need to experience something, feel something, whatever, get some new form of energy, whether it's, it's a, a you know, renewed, it's the renewed same energy that you had before um, by using some sort of catalyst to get it back um, or find a new form of energy to get it going again. And, and that's what a lot of people miss out on and they miss the point about motivations that you have to keep it going. Now, the reason why it's so hard is because the amount of energy that it requires for you to get yourself going again is always harder um, should you deviate um, very far away from your your ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. The further away that you deviate from your ultimate goal, the harder it is to get back on track, which kind of, if you think about it, makes logical sense, really. Why? Why? Yeah. Because, I mean, if you look at it um, from from that point of view, the same amount of energy that it took for you to deviate from that position, it will be equal to get it back. So, for example, if you start becoming lazy in your daily life, whatever, let's say you, you, you were very active for like a year, right? And then you decided... Um, for the next year, I'm going to be very, very lazy, you know, not do anything physically, right? It's going to take you a very similar amount of time to get back on track. It's just the way it works. Unless you use something that is extremely hard to do, but can be done. Yeah. Willpower. Willpower mm. is a form of um, energy that you can tap into at any time to get you going, to get that motivation started again. But again, there's only um, a finite amount of willpower that you can actually use. It only takes you know special human beings that can actually just just use will to to just move through life. And those kind of people are scary because how, how they can. Do you, how do you develop your willpower then? Practice, practice, and experience. You just need to. You just need to do. Like one of my favorite um, slogans of all time is um, the Nike slogan, just do it. it that kind of def- defines willpower in its very simplest form, just do it. I know it sounds so so basic and everything like that, but when you actually um, break it down, it is that simple, but it's also so complex at the same time. Just do it. You know, you've been thinking about writing this essay um, for for so long, you know that you need to do this work, you know that you need to go to this place, or you know you need to change your job, you know you need to start this business, you know that you need to get back into shape and all that kind of stuff. If you just use willpower, you can get yourself going. Not saying that the willpower is going to sustain it, of course not. That's where you need um, your experience, rhythm, all of these other factors that come into play to mold um, mold it into something that works for you and everyone's um, strategy is slightly different you know what works for you may not necessarily work for someone else for example 
you mentioned to me, um, you know, one of your best motivators is the shower. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it may sound weird to some people, but if that's what works for you, that's what works for you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? My, one, one of my motivational um, um, accessories is music. Yeah. I don't know what it does. It, 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 I don't know whether it's the hormones that it releases inside of me, you know, the um, dopamine kind of effect and all that kind of stuff. You know, the serotonin levels start increasing. I start to get energy from somewhere. And it's weird. If you break it down on a philosophical and spiritual level, you're now talking about the energy from the sound waves, you know, vibrating into my energy the reson- and the resonance that it, it, it gives off. It kind of comes into harmony with each other. And it does something to me. That's I can say that for myself personally. Yeah. So you have to kind of find what works for you to get yourself going. And once you start getting yourself going, you start to realize you're starting to see patterns. The more you do it, um, you can analyze the patterns that work and the patterns that don't. And once you got that on the you know level playing field, you can really just tap into it. So it could be something simple as. Um, changing your environment to motivate you. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like this um, feng shui is the is you know this Chinese uh, form of uh, I think even forgot what what it actually um, what you can define it as. But just Google it anyway. You know, it's um, loosely translated is basically changing your environment um, in a natural form to give you know peace and harmony. Do you know what I right. I, I, I read something some time ago where it said motivation is like showering. It's needed every single day. Um, I spend a lot of my time in events and speaking to people and working as I wouldn't call myself a motivator. I call myself a catalyst consultant. Um, big difference, in fact. Um, but Ooh. yeah, and, bring up big. Oh, right. Yeah, there's a big difference. I'm a catalyst consultant, which means I do everything to get you started. Motivation, as we both established, is fickle. It just sends a little fire in your belly and it leaves you to go off and discover life for yourself. But how do you heal someone who, and you haven't given them the medicine? You've just given them a little flu, a flu tablet. You've just given them a little paracetamol. You know, okay. I believe in, in the 1% rule. Go on, I'm listening. And the 1% rule is when you change elements in your life um just by one percent just small little changes because small little changes eventually add up to a big change so it could be something as simple as willing yourself to wake up a little bit earlier in the morning because you found that waking up late um gives you less time in the day to do x amount of things that you need to do for example um do you remember that? Blog? You remember that that blog that you and I used to have? Imagine my word. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Do you know when we started writing that? When? 2012. Really? 2012, and the information there is still so relevant. The reason I I, I brought it up was you mentioned this one um, percent rule. I think one of us wrote something about it. It was either we called it the 10% rule or we called it the 1% rule. I think we should maybe give a link when we're posting out this podcast, but I think it still is relevant in terms of 
just incremental. I think that, that, that was what we spoke about, incremental steps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, there's so much truth in that. I mean, think about it. It's, it, it makes perfect sense. And what a lot of people uh, misconstrue is that to get yourself motivated, you have to um, completely change every single aspect of your life in a dramatic way. No. Mm. You, you, no, you don't. You know what I mean? It's it's small changes over time. But the word that you're looking for is consistency. Yeah. Consistency is what will get you there. Like, just being consistent. Keep on going. Wow. You know what? I got it wrong. It was 2010. Uh, Seriously? What's that? 2010. The first article we wrote Monday, December 20th, um, 2010. It was an article called The Dream Tracker. Um, and then 2010, were we still in? No, when? Oh, and then you wrote something called Attitude, um, then the audacity of dreaming big. Um, I think they're still and sacrifice for success. Interesting, very interesting. You're so right. A lot of people misunderstand motivation. And I have this thing that I say to a lot of people when I'm speaking to them about, listen, stop swinging for the big checks. Stop swinging. Listen, do you know what? A couple of years ago, I, I had a boxing match. It was obviously an amateur boxing match. But I kept on going for the big bang. And I, 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 I reflect a lot on life experiences. And that's how I learn. And then therefore, that's how I write scripts and write presentations that I then teach to other people. But I kept on going for the full bang, trying to knock a man's head off, trying to go for the knockout. But my opponent was just jabbing, jabbing, jabbing. Now, the jabs will slowly wear a man out. Mm. You understand? Those jabs will slowly wear a man out. Whereas I'm putting full swings. So by the time I've swung the first time, the second time, the third time, I've used up all my energy. And guess what? I then get disheartened because I'm like, I haven't knocked him out yet. But guess what? He's collecting the points because he's taking one step at a time, wearing me out, wearing me out, wearing me out, wearing me out. And that's the same thing as life. A lot of people want to say, I want to become a millionaire. But for goodness sake, you haven't made your first £1,000 a month. Like, settle, relax yourself. Stop. And I have an issue with everyone wanting it now. Bloody hell, wake the flip up. It's a journey. There are certain checkpoints that we have to, that we have to go past. You have to clock level one. You have to clock level two before you can get to level 10. Ain't nobody in this world made their first million without making their first thousand. So learn the lessons yeah. that you learn from making your first hundred. Discover more about yourself. Then go to level two. Make your first 1,000 pounds. Learn the lessons about yourself because it's those foundational things that will allow you to build and build and build. Just like what the guy kept on doing was jab, 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 bang. Gary Vee has a book um, of a similar concept. His is called, um, I can't remember, Jab, 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 something. But it's the same thing that we teach in marketing. So his book talks about giving content, giving content, giving content, sell. Give content, give content, give content, sell. And it's the same thing. Give energy, give energy, give energy, receive. Give energy, give energy, give energy, receive. But also, I've got a concept called CCC, which is content, content, content. But I'll talk about that at a later date as well. But I think we really need to just start from the from the ground up and stop trying to take over the world. When you go to these motivational places and they gas you up, but it's just gas. Exactly. Do you know what? The hood is so real, you know. We make up so many dead words, but it means so much. When we talk about getting gassed up, <laughs> when you talk about getting gassed up, 
gas dissipates. So you're inflated, you're going to get deflated, naturally. Yeah, no, it's true. Oh, Do you know what? For that, bruv. That's lyrics right there, bruv. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. Yeah, you do. Do you know what? I'm so, I'm so grateful for growing up in London. Mm. I, I am so grateful for growing up in London because, I mean, I've I've travelled to quite a, you know a few places across the globe. Um, pretty much done the whole of Europe. Yeah. Uh, you know, visit Asia a few times, um, and the Americas. You know, a couple of times. I haven't done as much as I would like to. Um, South America's next on my list. However, London is a special kind of city. I know. It, it really is. It, it's one of the few places that I've ever been to where you, you find such an eclectic mix of different cultures is unreal. I was reading something interesting the other day. There was a woman who won... Um, an award for best teacher in the world or something like that. And I don't know if the award is called that, but anyway, she was um, granted the best teacher in the world. Uh, I think she teaches at some, some UK school, whatever. Um, she said in, in her school, there were, I think something like 35 different languages mm. spoken in that one school and she, what she'd done was make it her duty to um, say phrases and basic conversations in every single one of them mm -hmm. which I thought was amazing but it just goes to show you in just one school 35 different languages it's incredible it's mad and what it does living and growing up in London is that you meet people from all walks of life different types of experiences it helps you grow in a, in a completely different way. And I can say this, um, you know, very confidently because I've lived in the different um, parts of the world as well. I've, I've met different people in other, let's just say, you know, European countries, for example. And when I compare their um, understanding of different cultures to myself, it's very, very limited. And I find that to be quite a, you know, a big shame because what stems from that is a lot of ignorance. Mm. It's, it's not, um, I mean, you, you know, they don't mean to be spiteful or, you know, in a negative way or whatever, blah, blah, but the ignorance that they have is just the experiences that they've had. They haven't come in, into contact with these types of different cultures, whether it be people from all walks of life, from Asia, uh, Southern Asia, um, South America, Africa, um, whatever it, I, th I think mix and uh, mixing and surrounding yourself with different cultures helps you grow, yeah. um, and it gives you a different form of motivation um, that you haven't experienced before because you get to experience how other people, you know, motivate themselves. Wow, and I think it's really really important for people to actually um, you know start doing that. I couldn't agree more, my brother. I couldn't agree more. Well, that was exciting. That was certainly quite exciting. Oh, what's that? Uh -huh. We're nearly at the end. You don't like Ricky Gervais, do you? I hate him. I think he's the most unfair.
funniest person in the world. I know he's got a YouTube thing. I was going to send you the link. I, I know you probably watch it. He's on tour at the moment. He's got a YouTube, not YouTube, Netflix. Um, yeah, have you seen it? I watched the I watched the uh, the intro. Uh, every second do you know what I think he's hilarious do you know what it is I like his type of comedy he reminds me a little I mean first of all I like uh, British comedians Um, I like uh, British humour I think it's it's hilarious because I can relate to it I mean this is one of the reasons why I love um, British gangster films for example because I just find them hilarious you know films like Snatch and Lockstock and uh, you know, these, these types of films, Guy Ritchie films, I, I just love them. Um, because they're very unique. The kind of language and all that kind of stuff that they bring um, is, you know, you can relate to it very, very easily. You know, you just walk out of your house and walk down a road and you can find someone that, you know, is very, very similar, etc. cetera. Um, the one thing I do like about Ricky Gervais is his dry humour, but the subject matters that he talks about is actually quite deep. And his kind of delivery of his jokes, I think, is quite special. It's it's funny. And not everyone gets it. And, you know, a lot of people get offended by some of the stuff that he says and everything like that. But what I do like about him is that he's also very intelligent. So um, he reads around the topics that he talks about deeply before he obviously passes, um, you know, his 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 views on, on it. But, yeah, no, I think you should give him a chance, mate. He's not as bad as, like, for example, The Office. You you, you didn't like The Office, no, did you? No, not even one bit. Honest truth, uh, like, it's actually the most ridiculous thing I've ever come across. It's actually... Uh, give, it give it a chance. It's ridiculous. It's actually... It's, 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 it's crap. Hilarious. But do you know what... And I didn't, do you know what it is? That kind of dry humour has kind of spawned... And I, I don't know if it actually came from Ricky Gervais himself or whatever, but it, it's, it's actually spawned off... Of um, quite a number of big Hollywood films that use the same sort of structure, and I mean, I mean, you look at people like Steve Carell. Okay, Steve Carell. Who's the other guy? Um, uh, basically, you know, the Judd Apatow films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that yeah, film yeah, yeah. that is hilarious? Oh, Forty-year-old virgin. Yeah, no, that's hilarious. Steve Carell. Hilarious. Four Year Old Virgin used to be one of my my favorite movies ever. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff is funny. My favorite part is where they where they're gambling, where they're playing um cards. Oh my god! When <laughs> <laughs> and they say they say hey, yeah they say hey man, do you know what it is? I can't wait to be with this woman. Blah blah blah. And they say hey, whatever his name is, Steve. Tell us about your experience. He said, yeah, man. And uh, when I was with the girl, and then I, I, I squeezed her breast, and, um, you know, they felt like, what did he say? like a bag of sand. <laughs> a bag of sand? <laughs> <laughs> he said, a bag of sand? And then the other one. Said, the when, you know, when you're boinking her, he's like, yeah. me so horny. <laughs> we love you. He's looking at you thinking, Bro, what are you on, bro? What are you talking about? And then the other part where the guy says, I know what your problem is. You're putting the pussy on. What is it? Pussy lions. <laughs> <laughs> that, that film is hilarious. That film is hilarious. Yeah. Nice. Hilarious. I agree with that. And I also like him, Jimmy Carr. Dry humour, but I like him. He's actually funny. 
unlike who Jimmy Carr. Jimmy Carr's hilarious. Oh, Jimmy Carr is hilarious. Do you know what I like about him? He's he's got he's got one liners. He's he's a yes. king of one liners. Yes, yes. Bear his one liners are are sharp, witty, and very clever. Absolutely. Ooh, ooh! Look at this. Oh, this is interesting. Um, sorry to move on. I just saw three thousand big businesses. So people like us who advertise on Facebook are threatening to stop advertising on Facebook unless Mark Zuckerberg um, addresses these issues regarding the harvesting of data and Cambridge Analytica. I might join them as well. Well, I'm not. No, it's deep. I mean, people are saying, you know, everyone should delete Facebook. It's not going to happen. But what? I said it's not going to happen. But if all these big companies withdraw, then it might mean Facebook might reduce their prices for advertising. So we'll see. But yeah, that's fine. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah, look at it that way. Wow, look at this. Um, Kevin Hart says he plans to be a billionaire within the next seven years. I think he has a shot. New school people have a shot. Because yeah. all the old school comedians, old school rappers, singers, those people were working in the days where you had to sell physical CDs, cassettes. But now we've got the internet, Spotify, Netflix. No, it's crazy. The digital era is, is, is madness. As much as I like Drake, I don't think Drake would be as big as he is now if he was back in the days. I don't know. I think social media helps these people so much. Twitter, Instagram, all of these came up at the right yeah, I mean, push there. What it, what it does, obviously, I mean, like like this definition that you know they are social networks and they open up different new markets and access to different places that you wouldn't have access before unless you went through the whole red tape, and that's what was stopping a lot of people from back in the day. And um, I think that the whole world, a lot of these kind of big corporations, are um, struggling to adapt. Yeah, you're right. Because they don't, they don't realize that the the small little fish, or in their eyes, the small little fish, um, is is the one you know is is the is the one that's with the real power now. Once said the fish has got power, you know that's banging. But on a, on on a final note, what would you do? Because okay, let me tell you this story quickly. My um, a girl works for me. I, I'm not going to say her name. She works for me, and although I don't condone, you know. Anchor. Huh? Say Emma. Who's Emma? I don't. I said anchor. Oh. Anchor. Oh. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. It's okay. It's exactly. okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Exactly. Let's move on. So this girl, <laughs> I, don't, I don't condone spousal physical violence or anything, but she beat up her. She beat up her boyfriend. Now I was like, what? Because her boyfriend also works for me, like on a part time basis. So I was like, what are you doing? What do you mean you beat up your boyfriend? She goes, yeah, I was going to kill him. And I was like, okay, you know what? What happened? Because there's times I've had to play mediator between both of them because it obviously affects work because they're both just two crazy people, but I love them with all my heart. So I said, why did you beat him up? And you know, <laughs> she said, in the middle of the night, they were both sleeping in bed. In the middle of the night, yeah. he thought there was a fire. Yeah. So he literally panicked, woke up, jumped out of the window. I think they were on the first or second floor. Huh. Broke his legs, which is fine. But when she went downstairs to meet him, that's when she beat him up after both his legs were broken. So she called the ambulance and beat him up. And I was like, but why are you angry? 
So she said that <laughs> she was upset because he woke up and he didn't wake her up. And <laughs> <laughs> that he had tried to escape because he thought there was a fire, but he had tried to uh-huh. rescue himself. So she was like, no, nah, you clearly don't love me, blah, blah, blah. But that leads on like, what? What are you supposed to do? If only one of you can fit through the window, what? Who goes? What? Do, you know, do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what's funny? And I'm so confident a lot of people would actually agree to me on this at the same time. When you were actually explaining that story and you said that he woke up in the middle of the night and jumped out the window, my thought was just clearly on the fact that he woke up and just jumped out the window, got himself to safety. I was put, I was transported into his kind of, um, you know, into the situation. And not for one second did I think, oh shit, where is she? <laughs> well, I'm not going to lie. I probably would have done the same thing. Thinking, you know what I would have done? I would have, I think I would have locked the doors. <laughs> just for hype, because I know they're going to fight me afterwards. So you might as well just stay in that fire, innit? Because you're now going to, I've got broken legs. Now you want to fight me for rescuing my soul. At least one of us lives. So one of us can tell the story and one of us can say to your mum that you love. How are both of us going to die? Do you know what? This is, this, this is just off a you know, separate topic. It's the last thing I'm going to say before we wrap up here. But speaking about jumping off, um, uh, second, second, second story buildings. I remember, um, I can't remember how old I was. I was, I was like maybe 17 or something like that. Anyway, long story short, uh, we were in a, we went to a house party in Woolwich, right? Yeah. Um, no, I must've been younger because it was the, the period where, um, you know, Somalis ruled, um, oh, Woolwich. They were, they were the dons, uh, around the area, you know, they used to, literally run run the manners anyway i went to one house party there and um we were just everyone was just vibes in and there, blah blah do you remember house parties they're actually the lick anyway um i remember some something happened where they some you know a, a group of somalis uh, found out about the party which probably wasn't hard because it was in you know within their domain anyway um so they come to the party you knock on the door um etc um for some reason the girl whose party it was decided to um be i don't know she just started to become very rude and um you know get, getting um angry at why these people were trying to come into their party and started to shout her abuse and all this kind of stuff and as you can imagine what happened after that <clears throat> okay the there were I think about four or five at the door yeah. that we could see. I don't know if you see, have you seen that film? Um, what's that film with Will, Will Smith in it where he's by himself? Yeah, I am legend. I am legend. I am legend. You're trying to call Somali and zombies. I don't know if you can. No, 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 no. I'm, all I'm trying to do is liken them to how, okay. We, I, I looked outside. Yeah. There was a balcony within this flat. It was a one-bedroom flat or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I looked outside the balcony prior to them knocking on the door, and there was nothing there, right? They knocked on this door. There's about five Somalians, you know, because she opened the door, whatever. They said, you know, yeah, party, whatever. They want to come in, whatever, blah, blah, blah. After they got dashed out by this girl and a few other of her friends and everything like that, I looked at again outside of this balcony. 
I don't even, there was about 50 million Somalis just appeared. But you know what? Okay. From this, this sounds, the crevice. This sounds weird. This sounds really weird. And I don't know how I'm going to justify it. But, okay. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me finish it. Let me finish. So about 50 million Somalis, yeah, literally just came. I don't know. I think they, they just appeared there, just out of thin air. They just appeared. And they just literally surrounded the whole apartment. And this was a time where they were a little bit hyped and everything like that. And as you can imagine, the violence broke out. You know, the, they started coming up the stairs, trying to get into the party. Eventually, they got into the party. Um, you know, there was altercations between other guys and them and everything like that. And it got so bad that the only exit out of the apart- apartment wasn't through the front door and down the stairs. We had to literally jump off the balcony. What, to escape the Somalians? Yes. Because there were now weapons in the place, people were getting hurt. I, it was deep, and I just remember thinking, "What the fuck? I'm literally jumping off a fucking but that balcony." That must have been years ago, because Somalians don't really exist anymore. I don't know what happened to them. I know, do you know what? Firstly, I've got to, I've got two theories. Firstly, listen, I love Somalians. Some of the women are incredible. I don't know about the brothers, but some of the women are really beautiful. But yeah, do you remember? Do you remember? Uh, were, were you there that time where where um, where? Do you know what? Let me, let me not even expose myself on that. Well, no, when you and I met two smiling girls. No, 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 um, no. No, I don't know. So, do you know what? Um, okay. So this sounds really weird, but I don't know how to explain it scientifically. But I have this theory in my head that one Somalian man equals to four Somalian men. Now, I don't know how it. <laughs> I don't know how it works, but follow, follow my theory. Follow my theory. There's something, obviously, I, I didn't listen in science, but there's something called mitosis or meiosis. <laughs> about like the division of cells. So, you know, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when a scientist looks into a microscope and it sees the cells, <laughs> that's what Somalians are made of. Like one Somalian, <laughs> you think it's a joke. I'm telling you there's science to prove this. Like one Somalian can be standing there and then you look away, then you look back again and he's become four people. How is it? I've had bear fights with Somalians growing up, bro. But all I'm saying is something also happened and now they've become extinct. extinct. So I don't know what's happened. It's like dinosaurs. They've gone. They used to village. I mean, Bar- no, Bar- you Bar- know what? You remember Barclays? <laughs> <laughs> Barclays Bank. They used to own Barclays Bank in Woolwich, bro. Oh, my God. Do you know what? They actually did own Barclays Bank. They actually wired money back to Mogadishu. <laughs> Oh, that's rude. Someone someone just said they put it on a pirate ship and then took it to Mogadishu. That's wrong. I love some islands anyway, man. But I think that's a topic for another day, bro, because I've got some no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't have any issue with Somalis. I mean, like when, when we actually lived by the area, they were like, no one really cared if they were, you know, where people were from. You know, we had friends that were Somalis, but there was just a, a group, a specific group of them yes. that used to run things. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. I remember people, they would ask you, what area are you from? Listen, there was a time when Woolwich boys, like Woolwich Somalian boys, had beef with like Lewisham and Deptford boys. I'm standing at the bus stop now with one of my boys ready to get my bus. Years ago, I'm wearing a nice Nike cap that I had probably stolen from my brother. One of them comes up to me, goes, straight away, no intro. No trying to get to know me. <laughs> <laughs> intro. He said, give me your cap. But, but it don't work like that, bro. 
But I'm not I'm not a pussy, bruv. You at least have to give man an intro. Shook me up. Yeah, warm, warm up, warm yeah, up, warm man. Up. Come on. Warm, warm up, man. He said, hey, yo, bro. Deliver, deliver your pitch, man. Come on. Where is bruv, this? Nah, they were lazy with it because they were running things. He said, hey, yo, bruv, give me your cap. I was like, oh, don't be silly, man. And then the next thing he said, oh, you know what, bro? Where are you from? I said Dartford. Because Dartford's safe. Do you know what he said? Go on. He said, what? Deptford. I said, bruh, I said Dartford. That brother wanted to hear whatever he wanted to hear because he wanted to eat my cap. He wanted that Nike cap, bruv. And all I know is it uh, happened so many times. I've been in beef with Somalians and the people that I've been with have run for their lives. But I'm like, you know a Somalian can run for four days chasing you, bruv. So no matter where, <laughs> no matter where you're running to, my man, he's pacing behind you. He's not even trying to do a sprint. He's just pacing saying, bruh. Keep running, I'm gonna come for you. But anyway, that wear you down, isn't it? Just like weighing you down. It's crazy. Why? That's why you have to love London. What's up? That's why you have to love London so much. Beautiful. Listen, they ain't got that in any other part in Europe, bro. They, I, okay. Let me let me pose this question to anyone that's listening to this as a as a guy. Let us know if you've had any experiences with Somalians growing up. I guarantee every single guy that listens to this has had... No, of course, but... but okay, let me, let me give you this, right? There is a difference, and this is why I have to say there, there was a specific... I don't want to name no names, but there was a specific um, group of Somalis that, um, that I'm referring to because I've lived in other... You know, lived in Germany. I've, you know, I'm Sweden. You know what I'm saying? Stockholm has a really huge population of Somalis, and they are completely different. Bruv, they are they are some of the, the livest people you you'll find. They're up and turning up in clubs and this and like they're completely different to this specific group of people that live in Barclays Bank in Woolwich. That's what I'm talking about. I don't know how can an entire nation live in one bank. That's my question, bro. But anyway, <laughs> let's leave that for another day. Do you know what I want to talk about? Maybe next time. I'm so poor, and obviously it's a generic statement, but why is it every black person in Europe poor? And why do they all hang out outside of the organizations? Wow. But that's enough. Wow, that's all I have to say. Tell me if I'm wrong, that... bro, bro. Tell me when you get off any train in Europe, you don't come outside the train station and there's a black man trying to sell you shoestrings or shoelaces. Tell me I'm <laughs> wrong or right. Because this is a fundamental issue that we need to just... Uh, tell me, you live in Europe. Bro, they, they're, either selling, they're either selling shoestrings Hair nets, sponges, shoelaces, or string. I've never understood what that colourful. Their whole inventory is string. Yeah. Or, bro, they. Oh, what do they call it? People in the UK call it um looky looky. Do you know looky what? looky looky? What's that? That's them people that sell the fake um Gucci, fake Louis, fake um Hermes belt, fake um Chanel bags. They're called looky looky men. If you Google it, that's actually what they're called. Looky, looky, looky. You know, that's the first time I've ever heard anything. I'll just Google it right now. I'll just Google it right now and it comes up. So I'm going to read you. Oh, my physical God. I'm going to end this based on I'm going to read you the definition of a looky, looky man. So we spell L-O-L-O-O-K-Y, L-O-O-K-Y, men. So do you know the definition? Go on. Men of African origin. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, let me finish, let me finish. Men of African origin who sell cheap and not so cheerful items on the street can be found in Tenerife almost anywhere. Now, 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 now oh, I swear to you, now they've got like um, actual quotations of what these looky looky people say. He says, 
looky, looky, man. This is what he says. Hey, you English, you want to buy nice watch? Bro, there's no grammar in that. They're actually taking the mic. And then someone says, no, sorry, I have no money. And the looky, looky man says, yes, you have money. You in Tenerife. You say, no, I don't. You slap your pocket and money jingles. Then he says, come on, my friend. I do you special price just for you. Show me money. Show me money. And then they start selling glasses for 10 euros. But I was taking the mick, bro. So now you thought I was making it up. You thought I was making it up. Looky, looky, man's a real thing. It's black brothers in Europe selling. Uh, bro, I bought bare Ray-Ban glasses from them brothers before. Ray-Bans that last me for four. Do you know what? That's like? do, you, do you know what? That's a topic that I'll, I want to talk about at some point is uh, counterfeit items. I think it's a beautiful um, subject matter to, to speak about because what like there's a lot of um, things I experienced um, to my travels in, in, in Asia that I would love to um, share. All right, wicked. Yeah, let's, let's definitely do that. We'll talk about Somalians properly. We'll talk about counterfeits. We'll talk about life. Brilliant. Oh, by the way, if anyone is um, listening, feel free to go on our old blog, which we started writing in 2010. Um, it's imaginemyworld.blogspot.co.uk. I'm sure you'll still find some relevant content that can help you today. Hit them up with a job. Do you know what we should actually do? Because, you know, we should, we should actually take this thing a little bit more seriously and create some sort of um, website or um, you know, social media accounts for this no move podcast so that we can actually interact with a lot more people i mean we're talking about um social media quite a lot and we're not even doing it ourselves well i am you're not shame all right thanks for coming cheers